Serbia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello there, everyone. Uh, we're a few days away from what Formula One are calling the first ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So based on that logic, welcome to episode one of Back of the Grid. Uh, my name is Chris Evans, and I'm joined as always by Tom King and Stu Greenwood. Hello. How Hello. are we? Very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Slightly confused by F1 tweeting about the first ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix. but yeah, it's, weird. it's weird, isn't it? I think it's because it was officially the European Grand yeah. Prix last year. But, yeah. but even so stupid <laughs> uh i'll apologize up front for any background noise because the average brake disc would be struggling in the heat of my room right now <laughs> so i think we all have fans on it's like bahrain <laughs> <laughs> you'll open um, your door and there'll just be a puff of black smoke come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes so it's f1 race week again but first of all uh it was the Le Mans 24 hour over the weekend which was an insane race yeah, where do, where do we start? I mean, last year's race seemed to set the bar high for drama, but this year was just something else. Yeah. Um. So Porsche won it in the end. Uh, Timo Bernhard, Brendan Hartley and Earl Bamber, uh, despite spending an hour in the garage early in the race, mm. uh, returning to the track in 56th place, which um, that even beats uh, Jensen Button's Canada heroics, do, I guess, doesn't it? Does, does that equate to last place? That was a solid I last think, place. I think yeah. officially, yeah, they were the very, very final car on track at that point. Yeah. Wow. Um, luckily for them, only two LMP car, LMP1 cars actually finished the race. They all dropped out for various reasons. Lots of mechanical failures and uh, was it one of the Toyotas, I think, had a puncture which ripped uh, the rear bodywork to pieces yeah well, there no, was a little bit of contact well, with yeah, the back it, marker wasn't it towards yeah it was a into f- turn one it was a fuel pressure uh problem that he had going down the main straight yeah no, the main, sorry actually the start finished straight i should say because the main straight is obviously the most straight um and yeah he lost he, he was going past him and he slowed down a little bit and i think it just caught the guy out that he was going past and he got knocked yeah. in the left rear and tried to nurse someone... it back round on, on electric power and and sort of... Didn't have enough. Yeah, wrecked it, basically. Yeah, so only two LMP car, LP1 cars finished, the other being the Toyota of Nakajima, Buemi and Davidson, uh, who finished ninth overall. They also spent two hours in the garage overnight uh, replacing part of the energy recovery system, I think, <clears throat> on the front wheels. Was it was it theirs that um, front discs, front brake discs were on fire? Was that their car or was that one of the others? I which car that I was. I feel like they were all on fire at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite possible. I just um, remember seeing the footage of one of them being wheeled in yeah. with a flaming brake disc. I can't remember if that was David's well car been. or not. If the um, energy recovery stuff is not working, there's a very good chance it would have caught fire, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yes, that left the LMP2 cars to sort of pick up the slack and fill in the rest of the top 10. Um, so the number 38, Jackie Chan DC Racing Areca of uh, Ollie Jarvis, Hope in Tongue and Thomas Laurent came second overall, uh, first LMP2. And yes, it is that Jackie Chan. He owns a team. <laughs> um, he, apparently he wasn't there, but he was watching it and he said it felt exactly like when I got an Oscar watching them win their class. <laughs> did, did he watch the Oscars from home as well? <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to turn it up. 
Um, and the number 13 Rebellion came second in LMP2, which was third overall. That's Nelson PK, David Heimiter, and Matthias Betch. However, in like the last half an hour or so, uh, it's been announced that uh, they've been disqualified. They, it seems like they put a hole in the bodywork that let them uh, start the engine after pit stops a bit quicker without having to take off any rear bodywork, uh, which is naughty. Well, there's an explanation to that, though, because they were having trouble starting it full stop. Yeah. Um, And they they got one infringement, they got a pit lane infringement for taking the cover off, starting it, putting the cover on, and sending him out. So uh, the reason they put that hole in there is so they could get one guy to tap it with a a hammer, which is exactly how, honestly, how they did it. They hit it with a hammer, it made it start, and... um, yeah, they, they, it allowed them access to it to do that, and it it, was, it turns out to be an infringement a day later. So yeah, the bit, bit they put a hole in was a homologated part, so I guess yeah. they can't. Yeah, I did enjoy at one point the commentators were discussing whereabouts in the pit lane you're allowed to use a hammer to start the yeah. car. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that our friend, uh, our favourite commentator there, who I won't name. I think it might have been, yeah. Um, yes, their disqualification puts uh, DC Racing 37 of Alex Brundle, Tristan Gomedry, and David Cheng into second in class and third overall. Uh, so Martin Brundle will be chuffed about that. He was tweeting yeah, about his sure. son all weekend. Exciting. Uh, but yeah, so we actually came within about an hour of having an LMP2 car having the overall win um, after spending so long in the pits and going several laps down the Porsche, basically just went hell for leather and just pounded around at qualifying pace to catch up. Um, early on, I think they expected it to go down to the very last lap, uh, but I think the LMP2s had to pit a little bit more than expected. So It was fairly close, though, wasn't it, before it they was, finally yeah. got the lead back? There, was not, there wasn't long. Was it something like, I don't know, did they do about 16 more laps or something after he took the lead? I, I want to say it wasn't long left. I think he only finished... A lap ahead, I think, of second place. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting um, him to come second when 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 they got him when yeah, they eventually got him like back it. out and he was on the chase back in the in the evening. I, honestly, well, I, I think I told you I might have messaged you guys because we were having a little chat about it on the direct messaging service, and um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was certain he wouldn't have made it to the front. Yeah, I didn't expect that. So. Once he was up to full tilt, though, at one point he was taking 13 seconds a lap out of the lead, which is... Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, the LMP2s are quick, but it just shows the golf still, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the the lap record that Kobayashi did during qualifying. To put it in perspective, like the, for the last couple of years, they've beat the long-standing lap record, which was... I want to say it used to be 318, because Kobayashi did a 313, yeah. am I right? So. And it used it used to be three eighteen until a couple of years ago, and that three eighteen has been in place since when the back straight was still just a straight, and half of the turns that are in that track don't exist. There was something <laughs> like twelve turns in it when that three eighteen was set, and now there's I don't know thirty something is there, and it's just mad that they now they're now at a pace where it, obviously I know there's like forty years difference, but yeah. it's mad that they're now at that pace, and the arrow on them is like up there with the F1 aero. I think F1's maybe taken a bit of a jump in this season, but generally the aero on them cars is insane. Yeah, it was a 3.14.791 was the pole lap from Kobashi. There we go. 
and and what a beast it was as well. Another yeah, and they treated lap, to, yeah. treated to two uh, two amazing pole laps in the space of five days. Hamilton in Canada, and yeah. Then this absolutely fantastic lap it was. Um, <clears throat> and then in the GT Pro, it was like nose to tail for almost the entire twenty four hours. For a long time, it was I think six cars on the lead lap. Uh, it went down to uh, Aston Martin and Corvette in the end. They were sort of banging doors at one point on the penultimate lap. Uh, then coming out of the final chicane, the Corvette picked up a puncture, which let the Aston Martin of Johnny Adam, Daniel Sarah, and Darren Turner go through. I, I didn't realise it got a puncture. I just yeah. thought it was a normal overtaking move. I yeah, he picked up that. a puncture. So I, I was reading earlier um, an interview with one of the uh, Ford drivers because uh, a Ford GT ended up coming second. Um, I can't remember who it was who was doing the last stint. But he said they were, as soon as they knew that like third place was secure, fourth place wasn't going to catch, they were cruising around, staying off all the curbs, bringing it home. Mm. And then as he was coming sort of halfway through the penultimate lap, they suddenly got on the radio and went, floor it we've got a chance here um so he went sort of full qualifying mode for a lap and a half but he said as soon as he could see the corvette in the distance he was amazed how fast they were still going with a puncture so whoever was in that car must have just gone oh well sod it let's just see what happens with the puncture either i end up in the wall or i end up on the podium so yeah yeah all or nothing yeah and i think he only caught him it through the porsche curve so it was pretty close for second and third in the end as well yeah. And um, in the Corvette over the over the race, it would have been Jan, that's Jan Jan Magnussen's. Yes, Corvette. it was. It was, yeah. One of the many XF1 drivers uh, driving it. Yep. Um, and then GTM, it was won by uh, the Ferrari four eight eight uh, of Will Stevens, Rob Smith, and Dries Van Tor. Uh Will Stevens, previously of Manor F1 fame, in an um, amateur GT car. Yes. I did see someone say it's been a a decent, finally been a decent couple of years for F1 drivers who uh, were booted out before their time because we've had Will Stevens winning a class of Le Mans now. We've had Alex Rossi winning Indy 500 just over a year ago. Mm. Uh, Sebastian Buemi smashing Formula E. It's nice to see them actually having life after F1. So just a quick question. The GT amateur cars and the GT pro cars, Mm -hmm. is there any difference in the cars themselves? Or is it just the drivers? I think it's just a classification, if I remember rightly. It's a little bit like... um, uh, It's a bit like in some other sports where your rookie drivers ha- tend to have like yellow numbers and yellow number markers and things like that to oh, identify that they're a rookie. So you have a rookie champion and then a pro champion. A lot a lot of the sports car racing that follows stuff like the BTCC do a similar thing. So um, like the Ginettas, just as a random example, have a, a rookie classification and a full pro classification. Yeah, yeah I see. So, oh yeah, is it the John Williams Trophy or something like that, isn't it? Uh, oh, that could be the Ginetta ones, and there's there's mm, there's yeah. one in the BTCC as well um, for the best rookie itself. But I think they do it across a lot of different sports car racing. Um, so as far as I know, the cars are the same, and it'll it's just that even though it's not an amateur as we know because it's raced in yeah, F1, yeah. it's like that's, that's it's just like... an amateur at GT level. Yeah, because so. he's certainly. I mean, if you can drive it. <laughs> If you can drive a Formula One car, you you're not an amateur. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Um yeah, it was an in- another incredible race though. Uh Nakajima, Buemi and Davidson still hold their uh championship lead. Um 
but obviously this is a double points race, so Porsche will have cut into that a little bit. Uh, and yeah, Toyota is still never to win Le Mans. They keep trying. They keep coming. The it was theirs to lose this one as well. I Two years last in a year. row, yeah. Last yeah. year they came within a lap of winning it. Yeah, I mean they were further. They had more chance of winning it this year, and were further away from winning it in the end. Yeah, um, if, if you get me, like, <clears throat> three cars and fastest uh, on pole. Well, they were on pole last year, weren't they? Actually, yes, were they, they were. Yeah, I think so. They. Um, I did see one of the bosses of Toyota say, "Um." you don't choose to win Le Mans. Le Mans chooses yeah. you, and one day it will be our time. They, they say the similar thing about the Indy 500, don't they? Yeah. They say that Indy picks its winner. Yeah. Uh, which I suppose, in, in a way, you do sort of see that. that You know, an endurance race like that, ultimately, you've got to just hope that the car holds out. That's that's what you're hoping for, isn't it? It's yeah. as much about that as it is about skill endurance racing. Mm, I mean, it does... It does raise some questions about the hybrid technology because most of the LMP ones that had issues, it was the hybrid stuff that was failing mm. on them. Yeah, if I was to hazard a guess as to why, I would say the temperature there this year was much much higher. It was a little warmer. Yeah, than than it has been in previous years. I mean, they had a lot yeah. of rain last year, which caused some serious yeah. drama through the whole thing. But um, yeah, it was the heat, real, really high heat, and that's and that's what caused the extra pit stops, I think, as well for some people because they were just munching through tires. Mm. It do, it does say something interesting about the point that you make about hybrid engines and hybrid technology, though, because like you said, it, most of the LMP one issues were hybrid or energy recovery related, and when you think about it. Most of the time in F1, it's MGUH, MGUK that you hear are the problems, which are energy recovery systems, yeah, mm. rather true. than the the petrol engine in the back itself. So yeah. They tend to have Honda badges on them, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes, occasionally, a Renault badge. Yeah. Well, speaking of Honda, um, Zach Brown and Eric Boulier were both there, um, just sort of officially just there as fans and having a look around but uh with Le Mans obviously being on Alonso's radar it's interesting that the McLaren guys were sniffing around this year is mm. there anyone runs a McLaren in nope. GT or anything I don't believe there are any McLarens in no there aren't definitely not in aren't. sort of endurance series anyway they're doing other GT series I think yeah 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 it's be interesting to see one maybe maybe Alonso will get a shot next year in a GT class yeah a P1 McLaren going around Le Mans, surely that's the dream. Yeah. That would be amazing. I, they've, made, they've made LMP cars with McLaren branding before, though, haven't they? Didn't yeah, make the, one. the McLaren F1, man. The, the, the McLaren F1. Is that is that an LMP? That was, that was before the days of the yeah. LMP category. But it was the leading class, wasn't it? Did it win? Yeah. I think it won. Yeah, it did. It won, it won a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But that was sort of back before the prototype days, really. Yeah. Our our famous yardstick of uh, of motor racing also entered the uh, <laughs> the Le Mans twenty four hours this year. Of course, who other um, than Bruno Senna? Let's have a look. Bruno came. So he was in a car with Nicholas Prost actually and Julian Canal. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> he came fifteenth in um <laughs> he came fifteenth in LMP two, which is more or less right in the middle of the LMP two field, which is thus, sort of exactly where you want your yardstick to be. Exactly, yeah. thus justifying our choice of yeah. him being the yardstick of motorsport. Yeah. Good old Bruno. 
the the fa- the the longest race in the world. Is it the longest race? <laughs> and he finishes bang in is, the middle. Yeah, he finishes right <laughs> in the middle. That's like the perfect. That's f- such vindication for our yardstick there. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Good work, Bruno and Nico. It's weird, that isn't it? A Senna and a Prost being in a team together yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. In the same team is what's weird, isn't it? Like, same yeah. car. Be, being the same car in the very same team with with a common goal. That's the uh, that's the crazy thing. It's a shame they haven't achieved quite as much as their namesakes did. No, no. There's yeah. time though for Nick. Well, for Nico, there's time. Yeah. I think for Bruno, there's time. Yeah. They could win the Le Mans one year. <laughs> they, were, they, they led. They led the Chris race. Chris doesn't sound too confident. They, they, led, they led their class at one point. You know, they were in the lead of their class. I can't remember when, but there was a point where they were, <laughs> they were the last ones to pit. I'm going to say, <laughs> was be. it a bit like when you sometimes get a Sauber at the front of an F1 race because everybody else has pitted? Yeah, yeah. All right, that doesn't happen, but still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that anyway. Good work. Yeah, well done, Bruno. Uh, another F1 face at Le Mans was Chase Carey. Um, who was the official starter of the race. Saw that. Waving his we- moustache. I was yeah. about to say, his moustache <laughs> fluttering in the breeze as he mm. waved the flag. <laughs> which sort of brings us nicely on to the first bit of F1 news, which is that the 2018 calendar's been revealed. And for the second year in a row, uh, Le Mans does not clash with any races on the calendar. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is no accident, I think. Um, it's also our first 21 race season. It features the first ever triple header. The French, Austrian and British Grand Prix are on consecutive weekends next year. See, they, w- they obviously weren't quite listening to us the other week, were they? When we were talking about this. Not quite. Surely it would make more sense to do Barcelona, Monaco, France, then go somewhere like Austria or Britain. Yeah. yeah. Keep going in that know. direction. It's It just... They're getting there. Yeah, but definitely. I still think that there's a logistical issue in that to go France, then across to Austria, then back to Great Britain, then back across to Germany, then down to Hungary, then back up to Belgium, then back down to Italy, and then fly away to... You know what I mean? It's just it's a bit all over the place. Yeah. I know and... they're trying to avoid clashing with other things. I get that. But I just... Let me have a go at it. <laughs> and you've... <laughs> Here's an even more ridiculous one. You've still got Canada in between I'm, Monaco and oh, France. I've just noticed that. that I mean, Monaco, Barcelona, Monaco, Canada, France. Monaco <laughs> practically is France. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe At that's why. three French-speaking cities in a row. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true, that's, yeah. That's, 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 Maybe they're just they're trying to it by language and not by location. Yeah. <laughs> so, some interns gone up. down and went, Montreal, that's, that's a big French there. Yeah, let's stick that in there. Like, no, you've got so close but so far I've just realised how high Azerbaijan is up the list yes that was one of the big changes Azerbaijan's been moved to April um, for the second ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix (laughs) (laughs) is the contract not over for them after next season though was it only a three year deal that sounds familiar yeah Mm. Uh, the Russian Grand Prix has moved back towards the end of the season it's in uh, September now, which September, is a back-to-back yeah. with Japan, which doesn't make any sense. I know Russia's big, but it's on the opposite side of Russia. Yeah. So that's going to be a Sing- long old trek it's in It's Singapore, week. Russia, Japan. Yeah. It's also yeah. useless. Although China and Singapore are still subject to confirmation of new deals because their deals have uh, run out. How do we feel yeah. about Azerbaijan being the first European race of the season and not Spain? Mmm... <sighs> To be honest, that kind of almost makes sense to go 
Bahrain, Azerbaijan, Spain. It's kind of it works its way back in, doesn't it? Like logistically, it works. Where even is Azerbaijan? Um, That's what I want to know. It's between Bahrain and Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of... of countries between Bahrain. And Spain. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go it's sort of. Um, I don't want to say anything and sound stupid now. It's sort of ex-Russian territory, Azerbaijan. It's one of the ex-Soviet countries, oh, as far as sa- I know. Yeah, it's south. It's, uh, it's, it's like kind of Georgia, Georgia way. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it uh, is, yeah, it's sort it's of Caspian Sea. It's opposite um, Sochi, actually. I think it's Sochi on the Caspian Sea. Is that right? Um, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Actually, I think Sochi's. No, it's on the Black Sea, Sochi. Black yeah, sea. but it's still in that ballpark. It's not so far, it wouldn't make sense to need to Russia as well. But yeah. hey, it's like, like as far as I know, it's one of the last places before you start hitting. Um, yeah, Arabian countries mm. of yeah, yeah. Iran's and Iraqs Turkmenistan, and Syria and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, quite near still... Istanbul, and they've not brought that back. Sorry, go on, Chris. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's move away from geography lessons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've still got uh, Australia as the opener. Uh, still got Abu Dhabi as the closer, rather than Brazil, unfortunately. Japan is sort of sneaking further down the order. It's now one, two. There's no four races after Japan. It always sort of traditionally was one of the very last ones, but sort of Austin and Mexico. Have... They get, they are definitely getting a bit more logical. Though I can't remember what it's going to be like this season, but you've got Austin, then Mexico, then Brazil, all within. That makes sense. Well, week after Austin, then to Mexico, then a fortnight until you go down to Brazil. So that all makes sense. That's all good. Yeah. yeah. Um. At this point, we're just reading a calendar, so I'm going to move on. It's still March to November as well. So they've had, they managed to fit an extra race in, yeah, without really extending the got time that. that the calendar covers. Three weeks back to back, I suppose. Mm. It's going to be some tired mechanics by. So uh, still a su- summer break still after Spa. It's not. It's before. Oh no, sorry. Spa's always after the summer yeah. break, isn't it? That yeah. So that's still there because there's a month between Hungary and Spa, so that makes sense. Mm. Um, mm. something of a, a Renault special now. Uh, yeah. A few weeks after Renault said they were fully backing Palmer, which we were all worried about, they've now said that he has to deliver and start scoring points on a regular basis, which is um, fairly damning. Uh, asked if he was safe from threat of being replaced. Uh, their boss, Cyril... How do you pronounce his surname? Ab- Ab- uh, I always say Abita Bayul, is what I say. Him. Uh, said... No one is safe in F1, <laughs> so that's um, concerning. Uh, on that, the idea of someone replacing Palmer, uh, Robert Kubica said that he can now drive an F1 car without any limitations. Uh, after he did his test with Renault recently, um, he did more than a race distance, did qualifying sims and everything. And can seems... I point? Can I just point out a technicality in that? He says without any limitations. But because of his injury, he can't use his right hand for anything. So he has both his shifts under his left hand. Oh, really? So surely that is a limitation. Yeah, that's true. But it's only because he was minor. using a specially modified wheel, wasn't he, to it, be yeah. able to? I'm guessing instead of modification, though they said. Right, because with an F1 paddle, obviously you can you can push or pull to yeah, shift yeah. the it's gear, can't you? So yeah. I I imagine they've converted it just so that it's maybe pull up push down yeah, the, and it's all on the left possibly yeah literally programming they, they would just would have reprogrammed yeah. it yeah it. i just wondered if there was anything else because obviously everything's been moved over to that side for him but mm. 
If he's if he's got the pace, he's got the pace. It, it sounds as though, from what you said, it sounds as though there's certain tracks where, depending on how much movement is required, let's say Monaco, the, the, he'd struggle around the hairpin, wouldn't he? The hairpin at it Monaco, seems. yeah. But um, mm. most most other tracks, I, I think he'd be fine. But then these, uh, he's not driven one of these cars yet, though. And they're a no, lot true, different. yeah, and they're obviously meant to be more of a handful, aren't they? More of a a physical demand. Yeah. So. yeah. But it'd be still, I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be amazing to see him do it. Oh, yeah, he seems to think it's possible. Uh, Renault Trackside Operations Director Alan Permain said he's shown the pace required for a return. More good news. Um, And then just to dampen our spirits again, uh, the Renault boss, whose name I still can't pronounce, Cyril, uh, (laughs) has then said that he's not on their list of potential 2018 drivers. Um, He didn't say who was on the list. But he did say that he's, yeah, Sorokin's about to go back to GP2, actually, or F2 as it's called now. He's standing in for Albon at um, Baku this weekend, who's injured. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I expect to see Sorokin in that car next year, to be honest. But it would be incredible to have Kubica back. I half expect to see him back in the car after the summer break in Belgium. Quite possibly, yeah. Well, it's... Palmer's got the ultimatum now, hasn't he? He's got to pull his finger out, so to say. And it seems very definitive now, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over at Force India, they have said they're considering changing its name to give it a more international flavour and make them more attractive to potential sponsors, according to Vijay Malia. Um, they said they originally called it Force India to try and attract Indian sponsors and Indian drivers, uh, but they've kind of outgrown that now. Um, so they're thinking of a name change. Any uh, ideas on a name for Force India, people? Anyone got any? Pink Prowlers. Pink <laughs> Prowlers. Fiji's Vunderboys. Force Global, maybe? Malia Motorsport. Malia Motorsport. Well, speaking of VJ, people said, has this got anything to do with the fact that uh, the Indian authorities are chasing him for £900 million that they claim he owes? Um, And he's (laughs) basically stuck in the UK now because if he flies anywhere, he'll be deported. I wonder why I've not seen him at a race anymore. Uh, And he said, no, he's got absolutely nothing to do with that. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 nothing. Which I'm sure is, I'm sure that's completely coincidental. So he, is that relatively well informed then that apparently because he's owing this money, he's just basically grounded himself. Yeah, he, he didn't fly. He had his diplomatic passport revoked in April, um, and the warrant was issued for his arrest, and he's been in the UK ever since. Huh, I did not know that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it was when Kingfish Airlines collapsed. Um, they say he owes £900 million. That's a lot, isn't it? Quite it's quite a lot, a lot of money. Mm. Mm. Could run a Formula 1 team on that. Yeah. He could. He probably is. Um, (laughs) That's probably why he doesn't want to pay his tax bill. Um, I have additional news for you guys that we haven't written down for this. Um, (gasps) There are rumours circulating that Williams may take over the contract with Honda if McLaren switched to another engine. No. I saw a tweet about that earlier. It's been quite widely reported at this point. Quite a few people have uh, jumped onto that one. I would be very surprised if they did. Mm. I, Me too. It seems like a backwards move. To but be again, honest. it's the 
it's the Hulkenberg leaving Force India for Renault thing again, isn't it? Are mm. Williams ever going to achieve any more than they are now being a customer to the most successful team? <clears throat> Do yeah. they take a risk on being essentially the number one Honda team? Yeah, they're well, you don't the want fastest them. other Mercedes. Are they? Are, oh well, I suppose Force India is the fastest of Mercedes. At the minute, it's Force yeah. India, I'd yeah. say. Historically, they've been the fastest of Mercedes. But this the is th- the thing is, they don't want to end up where they were um, a number of years ago, which is McLaren's position of being the guys just making up the numbers at the back, because that's what McLaren have been doing the last couple of seasons. Yeah, and it's not that long since Williams got away from from that. Yeah, so... yeah. I think that would be a colossal mistake, personally. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I, I I think maybe it could be a good move for Williams because it's a risk. the only thing it is a it's a big risk, and that economically they are a very very sound Formula One team as well as Formula yeah. teams go. So they don't necessarily need the cash to do it. So you're probably right. It probably is a mistake. But for a team like Sauber, who really need the cash, to be the works team for Honda would be a massive coup, wouldn't it? So well, I think be... if Honda don't get their act together in a couple of years, that's going to be the end of Sauber, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I the, really the other think thing this could is, be the end of them. Obviously, Honda, it, this may be coming about because maybe Honda have approached them as an example because having Sauber as your manufacturer team is not necessarily the best way of advertising. <laughs> Although having a rubbish engine is not the best way of advertising, but they probably want somebody further up the grid in the first place to be that lead team, don't they? I think that's what they really want. Yeah, they should. uh, Maybe maybe next season they'll just rebadge the engine for McLaren and call it uh, like a I don't know the Rolex engine (laughs) or the uh, Swarovski engine or something like that. Uh, Well, it wouldn't be the only engine on the grid that's based around a what? Yeah, the Seco. I'm just naming watch brands at this stage. The Casio. Yeah. <laughs> any any watch samples you would like to send the back of the grid team, please mail them too. <laughs> free advertising to all 200 listeners. Call it Casio and stick a uh, calculator on the dashboard. <laughs> uh, do you want to read another calendar? Oh, yes, please. Go on then. We've got the Formula E 2017-2018 calendar, which they have finally compacted it down a bit and we haven't got those horrible like two month gaps between races anymore yeah yeah. uh so it's a 14 race calendar the longest i've had yet wow um it's a lot of double races in one location i think well lots of that yeah so we start with a double header in hong kong in december then marrakesh Mm. a new race in january santiago in chile is another new one in february mexico city in march sao paulo another new race also in march Uh, rome another new one in april Paris also in April. May should be Germany, but that's a little bit up in the air. June, there's an open slot on the calendar they've not confirmed yet. Then in July, we've got a double header in New York and then finishing with a double header in Montreal. Also, now, both I, new circuits. What I want to know is how many of the re- those races will feature a tunnel with air guns at the end? <laughs> we, we haven't talked yeah. about this in the podcast, have we? No. No, I don't think we've done a podcast since that travesty of it. Or maybe uh, we're just too focused around F1. Yeah, it was a big F1 weekend that weekend, so it was Canada weekend. Yeah, so, so the yeah. the German Formula E <laughs> doubleheader a weekend or two ago in um, Tempelhof Airport in Berlin, 
they sort of had this cool thing. You know, I, I quite like the idea of the tunnel. Don't use the word cool. See, <laughs> that's, that's the wrong word for that. The tunnel itself, I quite liked. Like they, the, basically, like the big VIP tent, they'd extended over part of the track, kind of creating an artificial sort of tunnel thing through a tent. It was a tent. It was a tent. <laughs> they went through a tent. But on the exit of the tent, they had, every time the leader went through, they like fired off these air cannons. Which is overselling it. It just looked like two blokes with CO2 fire extinguishers. Yeah. And like, if it was the first and the last lap, it would have been something, but it was every single lap. If it was the first and the last lap and it was fireworks, then I'd have yeah. all the time it was, in the world for it. It was the goal from our favourite commentator. No, it was the it was oh. the American guy. It wasn't our favourite. It was the American guy. Yeah. But it was the goal of him to use the word pyrotechnics yeah, when yeah, yeah. after after about 15 laps of the race he went you'll notice the pyrotechnics go off every time the lead driver goes through the tunnel I'm like really you think i've not noticed that yeah, yeah, thanks, <laughs> pyrotechnics as well it's a fire extinguisher yeah. man oh dear it's quite the opposite <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like literally the opposite of pyrotechnics yeah. um yeah and i know they like to try and do weird cool thing the light effect in there was cool i don't know if yeah, you noticed cool. but yeah that was pretty good they had it, like it kind of started every time a car hit the tunnel mm. so it you got like quite a sort of lots of different instances of this light thing moving That's across cool. that was okay it, yeah it was, all, it was a bit um wipeout wasn't it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a bit yeah 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 it just looked like a big wedding marquee, and I really expected one of them at some time to come out with a buffet table across the front of a car, like a bad car chase in a movie. It's like, Psh! and some crying bride in the marquee tent, like, no, my wedding is ruined. <laughs> um, and then a final bit of Formula E news. Uh, they are now leaving their previous home of Donington Park. Um, they've done all their <sighs> sort of pre-season testing at Donington Park for the last few years. Uh, mm. It was kind of their home yeah there's a um, number of teams based there yeah but they're now going to be doing their pre-season testing at the old f1 circuit in valencia um huh. which i think for a couple of reasons partly because the weather conditions there suit the locations that the races are a little bit better and also it is an actual street circuit so is more relevant to what they're yeah. doing in the races because i suppose that makes sense yeah donington didn't really they kind of had to put in a load of artificial chicanes and stuff at Donington. It was a bit scrappy. So I wonder if the teams will still be based out of there because there's the whole. Co- I don't know if you've been to Donington since Formula E kicked off, but there's I've like not, a big, no. it's like a big complex um, at the back of the the entrance of the pits, and it's got like the Virgin team. Um, oh, what's the team with the Indian name? Um, Hindra. Mahindra, Mahindra have got one there. I think there might be a Venturi thing there as well. But I just remember when I was down at Donington early in the year, I was like, I didn't realise some name from what actually based here. And I just wish ah, they'd be around go. so I could go ahead of a nosy. This summer, several teams <laughs> will also relocate from the FE hub inside Donington's grounds, having been obliged mm. to operate there for the first three years. So yes, they all will be moving away. Oh. Uh, but they will continue to use Donington's logistical pace because it's close to East Midlands Airport, where DHL operate from. Yeah. So there we go. Um, and I was oh, that's the other thing I was going to say. They've also said that a decision is yet to be made on whether the tests will be made open to the public free of charge, as has always been the case at Donington, which is a shame because they actually look like really good days out the um the test sessions that they open the doors to. Yeah, at Donington. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a shame if that was the case. But there you go. And that yeah. is all the news this week. I think. Uh, just about 
so we can look ahead to the first ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix <laughs> in Baku, um, which last year's race was an odd one. It wasn't the most spectacular race in the world. Mm. The track is, though, quite like the track. I like the second and third sector of the track. Hmm. Um, you don't sound convinced. The, I felt that the cameras weren't very good, were they, last season? They made it look a bit slow, and they were all a bit wide. And it was considering all... they were hitting two hundred and thirty. Yeah, yeah yes. it's a weird one because it is effectively just a lot of long straights and ninety degree rights. It's very, very sort of um, stereotypical. What you'd consider stereotypical street circuit, isn't it? Like yeah. long straight, like ninety region. left, <clears throat> long straight, ninety right. You get a lot of that in street circuits, but. Mm. Yeah, I always like the little bit going up past the castle, though. Yeah, it's super tight up there. Mm. Yeah, that is super impressive. Mm. Um, I didn't actually see the race last season, so I only saw I saw very brief highlights of it. Um, it was uh, it was last yeah. season where Hamilton was having his issues. On it was yeah, it was the point of the season where you still couldn't give the drivers instructions, and he had issues with the car, and he was effectively having the argument of. Well, I'm just going to keep flicking switches until something works. And the team were like, no, don't do that, <laughs> Lewis. Don't do that. And yeah. it's like, well, what else am I meant to do? You can't tell me what to do. So I'm just going to flick this and hope it works. And like, we advise you do not do that. Um, it was, it's what that, I think that race might have actually cost him the championship, that, that one race, that, that whole situation. I mean, there's a few things that cost him the championship over the season. Rosberg but... kind of run away with that race last season, I think, didn't he? Because of the problems yeah. Hamilton was having yeah. from memory. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, shall we do some predictions? Yeah, bring some yeah. predictions. Um, who wants to choose who goes first? It's <laughs> <laughs> a double whammy. Uh, I'm trying to think who went first last time. Go on, I'll go first. Um, it's a pole position. Just let's have a little look at what happened last year, just so we all know what we're working so, with. So Hamilton went out of pole. Out of uh, I've got it all in front of me here, guys. So let me just. Um, Get it on on the right tab. Um, <clears throat> last season, pole position was Nico, um, followed by Sergio Perez oh, yeah. in the Force India, um, and Daniel Ricciardo was third, and then f- uh, the two Ferraris, fourth and fifth, Vettel and Kimi. Um, yeah, uh, they're your top five. Um, okay. Um, I'm going Hamilton. I'm going Hamilton. I think he's going to come good this year. Okay, let me uh, separate this out. Ham, H-A-M, Ham. There you go. And uh, Tom, what's your prediction for pole? Uh, unfortunately, I am going to say the same thing because it's it just seems a Mercedes track. It's a lot of long straights, flat out. Yeah, like, well, it's... I, agree with, I agree with both of you as well. I'm going to go Ham because last season um, he was the fastest man in all of the practice sessions so logic would do if it weren't for his problems that he had in yeah. qualifying he would have been on pole last season yeah. he was quite far ahead as well for most qualifying sessions for most practice sessions so he had an excellent friday and a terrible saturday and sunday yeah, yeah. um tom would you like to go for the winner um i'm gonna have to be really boring and say hamilton double hamilton double i'm gonna go hamilton mm. double as well on this one chris <sighs> i think i am as well Oh, yeah. that's also boring. Really boring. So boring, aren't we? You yeah, know he's not going to do either. Serious now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
first retirement. Um, uh, that, oh, go on, Chris. Then you go. Uh, I think it's your turn to go first, isn't it? it, it I was is, checking. It's my turn. Last year, first retirement was Danny Kvyat. Yes, um, he went into the back, I think, of Magnussen and wrecked his ass on his Renault. Sorry. I'm sorry. That is a really childish joke to giggle at, but it was really oh, funny to me. Tom, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really warm, and I'm warm. probably dehydrated. So warm. I'm delirious. I'm, yeah, I'm delirious, and I'm a beer deep now as well. So getting <laughs> kind of a bit sweaty. Um, yeah, Danny Kvyat was the first retirement last season. I am going to go... This is a very, very tight circuit. Um, I'm going to say Joylan Palmer for the uh, first retirement. I've, 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 I'm sad to say it, but I'm going to do it. That's, that's my prediction. Hmm. Chris. I, oh, I'm going on, to say one Marcus Ericsson. Ericsson. And Chris... I am gonna go for. I'm gonna go for the boy stroll. <gasps> stroll. Okay, number of finishers. Uh, we're back to Chris first. So last year we had eighteen. Yep, that's four retirements. But again, on yes, I agreed with. So actually, sixteen once you take off the extra cars. Yep. This year, I'm gonna go for. 17? 17. 17. Okay, and Tom? Um, 15. 15. It's a lot of walls, there and it's a, a long, flat-out race. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, lot of brakes, a lot of engines. Mm, lot of lot of long straights at max power, Yeah. followed so, by very hard-breaking for 90-degree lefts and rights. So, yeah, I think with that in mind, we've got, we're going to lose two horses. We might lose two McLarens unless they've put new engines in them. Um, and then we're going to get some rookie errors as well. So I think we'll lose about six cars. Ooh. Wow. 14. <clears throat> so I'm going to go 14. Yeah. It's a big shout. Um, random and our random driver, driver this day. week. We've got a good one. Ooh, oh, yeah. we got Fernando Alonso. Alonso. Oh. Excellent. That's a, t- it's a really tough one, Alonso. Because so, you just don't know he, where he's going to finish there's a he has a habit this season of doing quite well running high up the order and then retiring mm. yeah so it's almost a question of how many people will have retired before he retires yeah i agree with that <clears throat> um tom it's your turn i'm afraid to go first on this one <laughs> i'm gonna do what we did for jensen not that it worked out but <laughs> 10th 10th. First points of the season. Of the on season. that circuit. Well, on, on, on the basis that Honda were going to try and bring some kind of improvement to Azerbaijan, which we've not heard anything of yet, but it could turn up on Thursday. You do know cars were hitting 230 there last year. <laughs> All right, yeah, you've, but you've made your choice. Everyone, everyone else is going to crash, and Alonso will just chill at the back and bring it home when everyone else is... It'll get past all the rubbish ones, and then... Just chill behind the fast ones. I, Tenth. I think that he will come. So we've got 20 on the grid. 20, 19, I think it'll be seven. No. Um, I think 14th is a safe uh, 
safe prediction for hang on how many did you predict would finish 14 14, 14 yeah. so, so so he's basically going to be the last oh, no, sorry, on the road no, I'm going to sorry I'm going to go 15 because I think he will retire so, so he will be the last retirement yeah. you believe yeah that's plausible <sighs> see I was hmm I was seeing 14 then you said 14 I changed mine to 15 yeah. <laughs> so I guess I have to change my mind back to 14 <laughs> you don't have to you, could, I mean, we're saying you can have the same choice if you want it's up to you it's me you just don't want to match with because it's me you're trying to catch. Let's say oh. well, Stu's catching me after last week. Let's oh, say yeah, true. You do only try and get away. Let's from say fourteenth. Fourteenth. Okay. <clears throat> I have my fingers cool. resting over one and four. Then expecting <laughs> you to say fourteenth. Um, and that is our slightly boring predictions this week because six <laughs> of the boxes on this table say ham, so <laughs> not the most exciting <laughs> ones in the world. Uh, but don't forget you can send in yours as well. Uh. Tell us your pole position, winner, first retirement, number of finishers, and where you think Alonso will finish. Uh, you can tweet us at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Back of the Grid. We're on Instagram at Back of the Grid, backofthegrid.com, uh, where Tom puts up a little update on the league every now and again, so you can comment in there. Um, and let us know. You can have up until the start of qualifying to send in your predictions, so you can have the advantage of practice that we don't get. And you can you can join the league like the good people like That's Life and Paul Kelsall and Ika have done. Uh, and we're going to have a prize or two at the end of the season. Even if you're late starting, you can still win something. Join in. It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. We'll all and, have some fun. And do remember to rate and review us on iTunes as well, if uh, if that's your podcast player of choice. Or wh- whatever you listen on, please rate us while you remember to do it. That would be very nice. Um... If you want to find any of us, uh, I am at TMM Chris on Twitter. Tom is at TomKing89 and Stu is at Stu underscore PX. And that will do us for this week. So we will see you after the first ever Azerbaijan Grand Prix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And until then, thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. There's, I've just looked at my predictions, and there's a there's a really good potential Palmer Ham joke. There. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll save we'll save that for another time. Oh, that's brilliant! I can't believe I've never noticed that. <laughs> Palmer Ham. <laughs>